Chapter Two of Russian Fairy Tales by William Ralston Shedden Ralston. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kevin Davidson. Part Six. In the Skazkas we find frequent mention of beauteous maidens who usually live beneath the wave, but who can transform themselves into birds and fly wherever they please. We may perhaps be allowed to designate them by the well-known name of swan maidens, though they do not always assume, together with their plumage robes, the form of swans, but sometimes appear as geese, ducks, spoonbills, or aquatic birds of some other species. They are, for the most part, the daughters of the Morskoi Tsar, or Water King, a being who plays an important part in Slavonic popular fiction. He is of a somewhat shadowy form, and his functions are not very clearly defined, for the part he usually fills is sometimes allotted to Koschei or to the snake. But the stories generally represent him as a patriarchal monarch, living in subaqueous halls of light and splendor, whence he emerges at times to seize a human victim. It is generally a boy whom he gets into his power, and who eventually obtains the hand of one of his daughters and escapes with her to the upper world, though not without considerable difficulty. Such are, for instance, the leading incidents in the following skazka, many features of which closely resemble those of various well-known West European folk-tales. THE WATER KING AND Vasilisa THE WISE once upon a time there lived a king and queen, and the king was very fond of hunting and shooting. Well, one day he went out hunting, and he saw an eaglet sitting on an oak. Just as he was going to shoot at it, the eaglet began to entreat him, saying, "'Don't shoot me, my lord king. Better take me home with you, or some time or other I shall be of service to you.' The king reflected a while and said, how can you be of use to me? And again he was going to shoot. Then the eaglet said to him a second time, Don't shoot me, my king. Better take me home with you. Some time or other I shall be of use to you. The king thought and thought, but couldn't imagine a bit the more what use the eaglet could be to him, and so he determined to shoot it. Then a third time the eaglet exclaimed, Don't shoot me, my lord king. Better take me home with you, and feed me for three years. Some time or other I shall be of service to you. The king relented, took the eaglet home with him, and fed it for a year, for two years. But it ate so much that it devoured all his cattle. The king had neither a cow nor a sheep left. At length the eagle said, Now let me go free. The king set it at liberty. The eagle began trying its wings. But no, it could not fly yet, so it said. Well, my lord king, you have fed me two years. Now, whether you like it or no, feed me for one year more. Even if you have to borrow, at all events feed me. You won't lose by it. Well, this is what the king did. He borrowed cattle from everywhere round about, and he fed the eagle for the space of a whole year, and afterwards he set it at liberty. The eagle rose ever so high, flew and flew, then dropped down again to the earth and said, Now then, my lord king, take a seat on my back. We'll have a fly together. 
the king got on the eagle's back away they went flying before very long they reached the blue sea then the eagle shook off the king who fell into the sea and sank up to his knees but the eagle didn't let him drown it jerked him on to its wings and asked how now my lord king were you frightened perchance i was said the king i thought i was going to be drowned outright again they flew and flew until they reached another sea the eagle shook off the king right in the middle of the sea the king sank up to his girdle the eagle jerked him on to its wing again and asked well my lord king were you frightened perchance i was he replied but all the time i thought perhaps please god the creature will pull me out away they flew again flew and arrived at a third sea the eagle dropped the king into a great gulf so that he sank right up to his neck and the third time the eagle jerked him on to its wing and asked well my lord king were you frightened perchance i was said the king but still i said to myself perhaps it will pull me out well my lord king now you have felt what the fear of death is like what i have done was in payment of an old score do you remember my sitting on an oak and your wanting to shoot me three times you were going to let fly but i kept on entreating you not to shoot saying to myself all the time perhaps he won't kill me perhaps he'll relent and take me home with him afterwards they flew beyond thrice nine lands long long did they fly says the eagle look my lord king what is above us and what is below us the king looked above us he said is the sky below us the earth look again what is on the right hand and on the left on the right hand is an open plain on the left stands a house we will fly thither said the eagle my youngest sister lives there they went straight into the courtyard the sister came out to meet them received her brother cordially and seated him at the oaken table but on the king she would not as much as look but left him outside loosed greyhounds and set them at him the eagle was exceedingly wroth jumped up from the table seized the king and flew away with him again well they flew and flew presently the eagle said to the king look round what is behind us the king turned his head looked and said behind us is a red house that is the house of my youngest sister on fire because she did not receive you but set greyhounds at you they flew and flew again the eagle asked look again my lord king what is above us and what is below us above us is the sky below us is the earth look and see what is on the right hand and on the left on the right is the open plain on the left there stands a house there lives my second sister we'll go and pay her a visit they stopped in a wide courtyard the second sister received her brother cordially and seated him at the oaken table but the king was left outside and she loosed greyhounds and set them at him the eagle flew into a rage jumped up from the table caught up the king and flew away farther with him they flew and flew says the eagle my lord king look round what is behind us the king looked back there stands behind us a red house that is my second sister's house burning said the eagle now we'll fly to where my mother and my eldest sister live well they flew there the eagle's mother and eldest sister were delighted to see them and received the king with cordiality and respect 
Now, my lord king, said the eagle, tarry a while with us, and afterwards I will give you a ship, and will repay you for all I ate in your house, and then God speed you home again. So the eagle gave the king a ship, and two coffers, one red, the other green, and said, Now mind, don't open the coffers until you get home. Then open the red coffer in the back court, and the green coffer in the front court. The king took the coffers, parted with the eagle, and sailed along the blue sea. Presently he came to a certain island, and there his ship stopped. He landed on the shore, and began thinking about the coffers, and wondering whatever there could be in them, and why the eagle had told him not to open them. He thought, and thought, and at last couldn't hold out any more. He longed so awfully to know all about it, so he took the red coffer, set it on the ground, and opened it. And out of it came such a quantity of different kinds of cattle that there was no counting them. The island had hardly room enough for them. When the king saw that, he became exceedingly sorrowful, and began to weep, and wherewithal to say, What is there now left for me to do? How shall I get all this cattle back into so little a coffer? Lo, there came out of the water a man, came up to him, and asked, Wherefore are you weeping so bitterly, O king? How can I help weeping? answers the king. How shall I be able to get all this great herd into so small a coffer? If you like, I will set your mind at rest. I will pack up all your cattle for you, but on one condition only. You must give me whatever you have at home that you don't know of. The king reflected. "'Whatever is there at home that I don't know of,' says he. "'I fancy I know about everything that's there.' He reflected and consented. "'Pack them up,' says he. "'I will give you whatever I have at home that I know nothing about.' So that man packed away all his cattle for him in the coffer. The king went on board ship and sailed away homewards. When he reached home, then only did he learn that a son had been born to him. And he began kissing the child, caressing it, and at the same time bursting into such floods of tears. "'My lord king,' says the queen, "'tell me wherefore thou droppest bitter tears.' "'For joy,' he replies. He was afraid to tell her the truth, that the prince would have to be given up. Afterwards he went back into the courtyard, he opened the red coffer, and thence issued oxen and cows, sheep and rams. There were multitudes of all sorts of cattle, so that all the sheds and pastures were crammed full. He went into the front court, opened the green coffer, and there appeared a great and glorious garden, what trees there were in it, to be sure. The king was so delighted that he forgot all about giving up his son. Many years went by. One day the king took it into his head to go for a stroll, and he came to a river. At that moment the same man he had seen before came out of the water and said, "'You pretty soon become forgetful, Lord King. Think a little. Surely you're in my debt.' The king returned home full of grief, and told all the truth to the queen and the prince. They all mourned and wept together, but they decided that there was no help for it. The prince must be given up. So they took him to the mouth of the river, and there they left him alone. The prince looked around and saw a footpath, and followed, trusting God would lead him somewhere. He walked and walked, and came to a dense forest, 
In the forest stood a hut. In the hut lived a Baba Yaga. Suppose I go in, thought the prince, and went in. Good day, prince, said the Baba Yaga. Are you seeking work or shunning work? Hey, granny, first give me to eat and to drink, and then ask me questions. So she gave him food and drink, and the prince told her everything as to whither he was going and with what purpose. Then the Baba Yaga said, Go, my child, to the seashore. There will fly thither twelve spoonbills, which will turn into fair maidens and begin bathing. Do you steal quietly up and lay your hands on the eldest maiden's shift? When you have come to terms with her, go to the water king, and there will meet you on the way Obiedolo and Opivolo, and also Morostrescum. Take all of them with you. They will do you good service. The prince bid the Yaga farewell, went to the appointed spot on the seashore, and hid behind the bushes. Presently twelve spoonbills came flying thither, struck the moist earth, turned into fair maidens, and began to bathe. The prince stole the eldest one's shift, and sat down behind a bush, didn't budge an inch. The girls finished bathing, and came out on the shore. Eleven of them put on their shifts, turned into birds, and flew away home. There remained only the eldest, Vasilisa the Wise. She began praying and begging the good youth. "'Do give me my shift,' she says. "'You are on your way to the house of my father, the Water King. When you come, I will do you good service.' So the prince gave her back her shift, and she immediately turned into a spoonbill and flew away after her companions. The prince went further on, and there met him by the way three heroes, Obiadolo, Apivolo, and Moroz Triscum. He took them with him and went on to the water-kings. The water-king saw him and said, "'Hail, friend! Why have you been so long in coming to me? I have grown weary of waiting for you. Now set to work. Here is your first task. Build me in one night a great crystal bridge, so that it shall be ready for use to-morrow. If you don't build it, off goes your head.' The prince went away from the water-king, and burst into a flood of tears. Vasilisa the wise opened the window of her upper chamber, and asked, "'What are you crying about, prince?' "'Ah, Vasilisa the wise, how can I help crying? Your father has ordered me to build a crystal bridge in a single night, and I don't even know how to handle an axe.' "'No matter. Lie down and sleep. The morning is wiser than the evening.' She ordered him to sleep, but she herself went out on the steps and called aloud with a mighty whistling cry. Then from all sides there ran together carpenters and workmen. One leveled the ground, another carried bricks. Soon had they built a crystal bridge and traced cunning devices on it, and then they dispersed to their homes. Early next morning Vasilisa the wise awoke the prince. The bridge is ready. My father will be coming to inspect it directly. Up jumped the prince, seized a broom, took his place on the bridge, and began sweeping there, clearing up there. The water-king bestowed praise upon him. "'Thanks,' said he. "'You've done me one service. Now do another. Here is your task. Plant me by to-morrow a garden green, a big and shady one, 
and there must be birds singing in the garden, and flowers blossoming on the trees, and ripe apples and pears hanging from the boughs. Away went the prince from the water-king, all dissolved in tears. Vasilisa the wise opened her window and asked, "'What are you crying for, prince?' "'How can I help crying? Your father has ordered me to plant a garden in one night.' "'That's nothing. Lie down and sleep. The morning is wiser than the evening.' She made him go to sleep, but she herself went out on the steps, called and whistled with a mighty whistle. From every side there ran together gardeners of all sorts, and they planted a garden green, and in the garden birds sang. On the trees flowers blossomed, and from the boughs hung ripe apples and pears. Early in the morning Vasilisa the wise awoke the prince. "'Get up, prince. The garden is ready. Papa is coming to see it.' The prince immediately snatched up a broom and was off to the garden. Here he swept a path, there he trained a twig. The water-king praised him and said, "'Thanks, prince. You've done me a right trusty service. So choose yourself a bride from among my twelve daughters. They are all exactly alike, in face, in hair, and in dress. If you can pick out the same one, three times running, she shall be your wife. If you fail to do so, I shall have you put to death. Vasilisa the wise knew all about that, so she found time to say to the prince, First time I will wave my handkerchief, the second I will be arranging my dress, the third time you will see a fly above my head. And so the prince guessed which was Vasilisa the wise three times running, and he and she were married, and a wedding feast was got ready. Now the water king had prepared much food of all sorts, more than a hundred men could get through, and he ordered his son-in-law to see that everything was eaten. "'If anything remains over, the worse for you,' says he. "'My father,' begs the prince, "'there's an old fellow of mine here. Please let him take a snack with us.' "'Let him come,' immediately appeared Obiedolo, ate up everything, and wasn't content then." The water-king next set out two score tubs of all kinds of strong drinks, and ordered his son-in-law to see that they were all drained dry. "'My father,' begs the prince again, "'there's another old man of mine here. Let him too drink your health. Let him come.' Opivolo appeared, emptied all the forty tubs in a twinkling, and then asked for a drop more by way of a stirrup-cup. The water-king saw that there was nothing to be gained that way, so he gave orders to prepare a bathroom for the young couple, an iron bathroom, and to heat it as hot as possible. So the iron bathroom was made hot. Twelve loaves of firewood were set alight, and the stove and the walls were made red-hot, impossible to come within five versts of it. "'My father,' says the prince, "'let an old fellow of ours have a scrub first, just to try the bathroom.' "'Let him do so.' Moroz Trescum went into the bathroom, blew into one corner, blew into another, and in a moment icicles were hanging there. After him the young couple also went into the bathroom, were lathered and scrubbed, and then went home. After a time Vasilisa said to the prince, "'Let us get out of my father's power. He's tremendously angry with you. Perhaps he'll be doing you some hurt.' "'Let us go,' said the prince. Straightway they saddled their horses and galloped off into the open plain, they rode and rode. Many an hour went by. "'Jump down from your horse, prince, and lay your ear close to the ground,' said Vasilisa. 
cannot you hear a sound as of pursuers the prince bent his ear to the ground but he could hear nothing then vasilisa herself lighted down from her good steed laid herself flat on the earth and said ah prince i hear a great noise as of chasing after us then she turned the horses into a well and herself into a bowl and the prince into an old very old man up came the pursuers hey old man say they haven't you seen a youth and a maiden pass by i saw them my friends only it was a long while ago i was a youngster at the time when they rode by the pursuers returned to the water king there's no trace of them they said no news all we saw was an old man beside a well and a bowl floating on the water why did not ye seize them cried the water king and thereupon put the pursuers to a cruel death and sent another troop after the prince and vasilisa the wise the fugitives in the meantime had ridden far far away vasilisa the wise heard the noise made by the fresh set of pursuers so she turned the prince into an old priest and she herself became an ancient church scarcely did its walls hold together covered all over with moss presently up came the pursuers hey old man haven't you seen a youth and a maiden pass by i saw them my own only it was long ever so long ago i was a young man when they rode by it was just while i was building this church so the second set of pursuers returned to the water king saying there is neither trace nor news of them your royal majesty all that we saw was an old priest in an ancient church why did not ye seize them cried the water king louder than before and having put the pursuers to a cruel death he galloped off himself in pursuit of the prince and vasilisa the wise this time vasilisa turned the horses into a river of honey with kiesel banks and changed the prince into a drake and herself into a gray duck the water king flung himself on the kissel and honey water and ate and ate and drank and drank until he burst and so he gave up the ghost the prince and vasilisa rode on and at length they drew nigh to the home of the prince's parents then said vasilisa go on in front prince and report your arrival to your father and mother but i will wait for you here by the wayside only remember these words of mine kiss every one else only don't kiss your sister if you do you will forget me the prince reached home began saluting every one kissed his sister too and no sooner had he kissed her than from that very moment he forgot all about his wife just as if she had never entered into his mind three days did vasilisa the wise await him on the fourth day she clad herself like a beggar went into the capital and took up her quarters in an old woman's house but the prince was preparing to marry a rich princess and orders were given to proclaim throughout the kingdom that all christian people were to come to congratulate the bride and bridegroom each one bringing a wheaten pie as a present well the old woman with whom vasilisa lodged prepared like every one else to sift flour and make a pie why are you making a pie granny asked vasilisa it is why you evidently don't know then our king is giving his son in marriage to a rich princess one must go up to the palace to serve up the dinner to the young people come now i too will bake a pie and take it to the palace maybe the king will make me some present bake away in god's name said the old woman 
Vasilisa took flour, kneaded dough, and made a pie, and inside it she put some curds and a pair of live doves. Well, the old woman and Vasilisa the wise reached the palace just at dinner-time. There a feast was in progress, one fit for all the world to see. Vasilisa's pie was set on the table, but no sooner was it cut in two than out of it flew the two doves. The hen-bird seized a piece of curd, and her mate said to her, "'Moo! Moo! Give me some of the curds, too, dovey!' "'No, I won't!' replied the other dove, "'else you forget me, as the prince has forgotten his vassalisa the wine!' Then the prince remembered about his wife. He jumped up from the table, caught her by her white hands, and seated her close by his side. From that time forward they lived together in all happiness and prosperity. End of Part 6 Recording by Kevin Davidson, www.blogordie.com